welcome to Sew and Tell, where sewists from fashion, theater, and indie sewing bring their different perspectives to the hottest topics in the sewing community. I'm Amanda Carestio. I'm Meg Healy. And I'm Kate Zeinard. Today on the podcast, we're talking about some of our favorite fabrics and giving you lots of tips and insights on how to sew with them. We'll each share something in our Sojo segment, and then we'll ask you to share something too. But before we get started, let's have a little check-in. How are we guys doing this this nice summery week? Well, I guess it it is here in Toronto. <laughs> I don't know. Is it still snowing there, guys? It's not snowing. It is raining, it's actually. It's raining. Oh, and cool. It? Yeah. Oh. But it's supposed to warm up in the next couple of days, so we're not too... Oh. Uh, I'm not too miffed about it. I don't know no. about you, Amanda. It's okay. I'm but okay I, with it. I have a little bit of a light summer cold, so that's oh, kind of no. irritating. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I know you. You look. You're in like full on winter sweater gear. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just wearing my shawl. It's okay. Oh, is it in a shawl? That's really cute. I thought yeah. it was like a full on sweater. Very cute. Yeah. Well, it's been exciting here in Toronto because we just won the NBA finals. Nice. And the Canada has never seen an NBA championship before. So literally yesterday. I live kind of close to the downtown core where they had that parade and all I was hearing. So thankfully we're not recording. We weren't recording yesterday because it was just hooting and hollering. It's been really exciting here in Toronto. I've never quite seen anything like it. I'm not really even a sports fan. It's just kind of fun to see everyone come together. Yeah, that's really nice. That's nice when, you know, even if you're not super into sports, like a city comes together like that Mm -hmm. to celebrate. It's kind of cool. Yeah, especially Mm -hmm. when there are no riots. Yes. Riots can be bad. Did Did anyone do any sewing? Hmm? I'm just saying, did anyone do any sewing the past weekend? I did no sewing. I spent the entire weekend with family. I went up to visit an aunt and uncle and a cousin on Saturday, and then Father's Day was here in in the U.S. um, on Sunday, so we spent it with Mark's father and then my father and my sister and brother-in-law and niece were in oh, town that's nice. and then I took yesterday off to spend some extra time with them and they left this morning so um, lots of family no sewing but I did manage to impress several people with my several family members with my sewing prowess so at least there was that nice, nice. yeah we did a lot of Father's Day stuff for my husband um, had a really fun day on Sunday but I did um, manage to cut out and sew a dress um, I've been working on this little, really simple V-neck dress, self-drafted thing, and um, I've made two, and I can't stop making it. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really—I mean, I—it's kind of nice to sit down and in an hour and a half, pretty much, you can mm-hmm. bust this little dress out and love that. And it's kind of like a nightgown, like it's big and <laughs> is this the one comfy? That, and, is this the pattern that the orange one is? Yes. Oh, I love it. It's so cute. I I love it. I'm gonna I'm. It's my new summer uniform. Awesome. Yeah. What are you calling it? (laughs) I don't know. I need some help, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Any suggestions out there? Yeah. 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 It's like, what do you call us? Do you name your own like self-drafted patterns for yourself, or you're just like, this is my? Uh, I don't know. I don't, but I probably should. Yeah, you totally should. I don't self-draft patterns ever, but um, if you, yeah, I think you should. I'm going to. You should too. (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to mix up our format just a little bit today. Um, we have we each have a favorite fabric that we have picked out that we're going to talk about a little bit um, and talk about some tips and our favorite things. So um, I, of course, picked cork 
because what else would I pick? Come on, guys. <laughs> so um, I want to start by just um, giving you a little bit of information that I grabbed off the Fabric Funhouse website. Um, they sell a lot of great prints of cork. I just love them. Such a great collection. It is a great website. Yeah. Um, and they're very nice and send us stuff sometimes to make projects out of. So, exactly. um, so off their website, I got some of this great information. Uh, cork is harvested from the cork oak tree, which grows primarily in the West Mediterranean basin. So Portugal is a big cork place, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. When the cork oak has reached 20 years of age, the bark is stripped from the tree by a highly skilled harvester. That tree is then marked, so it will be not, not be harvested for another 8 to 10 years. The cork oak is the only tree that benefits from the removal of its bark, and since it regenerates, it is truly an eco-conscious and sustainable natural resource. So it's actually good for the trees to take the cork off of it. Right. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, the same tree can be harvested every 8 to 10 years for over 200 years. Once it's harvested, the tree absorbs about five times the carbon dioxide, making harvesting an important process in reducing greenhouse gases as well. I love that. Once the cork is harvested from the cork oak, it is boiled, dried, shaved into thin sheets, and sealed with a non-toxic sealant. Um, Once the cork fabric is complete, it is stain-resistant, water-resistant, scratch-proof, hypoallergenic, antimicrobial, lightweight, incredibly soft, and flame-retardant. So it is like a miracle material. Why isn't like everything so... I have made out of cork. I don't I know. know. I need some cork <laughs> pants. I guess. I, cork I mean, pants. There is the, there is the right. unsustainability issue of you have to get it from the West Mediterranean basin mm-hmm. because that's where it grows. But at the same time, there are so many great things about it, including the fact that it's not only sustainable for the tree, it's actually healthy for the tree to harvest it. Right. Yeah. So, um, I yeah, I just love it. Um so I wanted to start off by asking if you guys had any experience sewing with cork. I have sewn some bags with cork, and I like it. Meg, I've never, I've never sewn with cork before. All right, so well, I'm just kind of a uh, do list. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, yeah, I'm um, learning still, I'm working with it a little bit more all the time, and. Um, picking up my different um, experiences and learning kind of what works and what doesn't. Um, so I'm going to give some tips. And um, if you guys have any other tips, uh, it's uh, in many ways, it's a lot like sewing with vinyl or leather, something mm-hmm. that doesn't um, that that the holes don't close back up. Yes. Something that when you pierce well, it, like there's for, a permanent can, hole. Can you make garments out of cor- Is there is it that? Kind of, it's a little too stiff. It's a, it's a little like, stiff. Could you make like a jacket out of cork? Like that's just. I for think example. you probably. Could. I'm just trying to. Yeah. I'd, I'd almost be more inclined to put panels into yeah, another panels. kind of jacket. Oh, like a panel. Oh, yeah. Because okay. it just doesn't. It doesn't I have can... quite the same. It doesn't have quite the same drape as like a vinyl does. Um, oh, okay. But uh, it does have a cloth backing. Uh, oh, inevitably, okay. which um, kind of gives it a little extra support. Um, it's a little bit more sewable in some ways than mm. um, leather and vinyl because of that sewing, Agreed. that that fabric backing. So some tips. Um, cut it with a rotary cutter because you'll get nice clean lines um, or a utility knife, something like that, rather than with scissors. Um, it's I usually draw my pattern pieces on the wrong side, on the fabric, oh, okay. and then cut it from the wrong side as well. And that has always worked out really beautifully for me. 
Um, you want to use a sharp needle, as in a Microtex sharp needle, um, not just like brand new needle, though you could do that too. Um, that pierces it fast and leaves a kind of a smaller hole um, in it. It's a good idea to use upholstery weight thread um, just because it's more sturdy. Obviously, you don't want to pin, uh, pin it. You want to use um, you want to use uh, binder clips or wonder clips or something like that. Same thing when you're cutting out the pieces. Like I said, I usually trace them, but you use pattern weights rather than pins yeah. to hold them in place while well, you do that. Um, longer stitch length because the closer the, the holes are, the more likely it is to perforate and tear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go for maybe oh. a 3.0 or longer on the stitch length. Um, I've... I've been able to iron my cork, um, but you want to kind of test it first to make sure that you're not getting it too hot, especially with some of the um, like metallic or one, ones that have metallic coatings on them. You don't want to mess with that. So get a little scrap, test press it. It's never going to press really, really crisp because it just isn't. It's not that kind of fabric. Um, mm-hmm. But you can also just finger press it fairly effectively or, I found. or put it under weights like if you put it under yes. a stack of books or something overnight like in between yeah um, if you need steps. a good if you need a good crisp fold and you've got the time that is a mm-hmm. great way to do it mm-hmm. um yeah so those are my main um main cork sewing tips do you guys have any additional tips that you know or even things that you might think for vinyl might work for cork yeah, I I do have one because I think when I um, sewed cork, my machine had a little bit of trouble, kind of grabbing onto it and pulling mm. it through with the presser foot. So because it's a bit sticky, like kind of like it's leather a, or vinyl. It is. A, so I yeah? would I okay. um I don't have a Teflon foot, but I'm imagining that that would probably solve right. part of that yeah. problem. But I do the ta- like the, um, the scotch tape? tape on the bottom of the yeah. presser foot trick and that works really well for both vinyl and cork oh awesome um, or even yeah. a, a walking foot could also help with that i think too. so too for sure yep. or roller yeah. foot yeah it's just well. it's just got um or just no foot at all no, no foot at all <laughs> no you definitely want foot yeah. def- you definitely need a foot <laughs> yeah i mean i think that um tricky spots that i've run into is just you know um that it can create some pretty thick layers, especially if you're like, yes. you know, sewing a front of a bag to the back of a bag and you've got several layers and they need to be turned under. But um, I really think that if you've sewn any amount of time with vinyl, that cork does feels very similar. I agree. I've never had any trouble with the cork sticking for me personally, mm-hmm. but I can totally see how that would happen. And that's a great suggestion. Um, also, yeah, if you're getting to really thick layers, if you've got a whole bunch of layers going on, I wouldn't recommend slowing down the speed a bit because less likely to break your needle if you got. Oh my gosh, I break so many needles, <laughs> especially <laughs> when I make bags. Yes, well, and and I have to say, the first time I was sewing with cork at all, I managed to like throw off my sewing machine or something, mm-hmm. and I had to take it in and get oh. it repaired. Um, so, but I don't think that that was the cork. I think that was just one of those moments um, yes. that my sewing machine did because honestly, I've never struggled too much with cork. Hmm. Meg, do you have any thoughts or suggestions? I know you've never worked with it before, but any thoughts on on cork? Is that what you're asking? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm definitely. I definitely want to get. I, I when I was at the fabric shopping um, last time, I noticed they just had a, got a new roll of cork in, so I definitely going to pick some up. But now I just need to figure out what I want to make in it. I don't want to make. I want to make something unconventional in it. So I am going to try like 
doing the panel and something or like a belt or something i could do a what about a hat or something a, a hat be weird a hat a hat like a bucket hat what bucket hat out of oh i love that <laughs> that could be because i i mean i love cork because it does have that texture and that dimension that leather has but you know i'd right. much rather sew with cork well definitely mm-hmm. yes and that was one of the questions i was actually going to ask is uh i i make i make um bags with cork but I have so much cork because my mother-in-law gives me all this wonderful cork um, straight from Portugal and it's fantastic but I've got like a meter by a meter piece right now and I just cut off a very small amount of it to make a bag but I've still got all of this cork so I need to figure out some things that I can make out of this cork and uh, a belt is a great idea. The bucket hat is intriguing me for sure. What about... um what about some kind of like basket organizer? Definitely. Cuz I think it's I think it's really nice for like home decor type projects because it does have that dimension. Yeah. You just kind of want to touch it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I and I like that idea too of doing some panels or something like you would do with leather. Mhm. But yeah, I'm uh, just going through. I know Berta had in one of their magazines. They had a DIY with cork in it. I'm just trying to remember what it was. I think it was like a little coin purse or something. I'm just kind of scrolling through to see. But yeah, you remember I'll, that I'll little try and find it. triangle bag that we put in a? Yeah, I bet yeah, that yeah. would be really cute in cork. Definitely. Yeah, we put mm-hmm. that in a recent uh, issue of Creative Machine Embroidery. It was. Right? Yep. Yeah, we'll we'll link to that pattern mm-hmm. and. Uh, and that sort of thing. But definitely, if you guys have any more ideas, tell me. And yeah, if any of totally. our listeners have any great ideas, I'm always joking about making a cork sit. So a corset out of cork. Um, I think that's such a good idea. I think that's so cute. I'm just not I'm just not sure I quite have the guts to do it. I'm a little worried about combining cork and corsetry when I haven't done corsetry in a while. So um, we'll see if that happens but I'd love to hear anybody else's suggestions for sure mm-hmm. um, and before we move on I do want to talk about one other thing when it comes to cork um, I had some fun last year figuring out the best methods for embroidering on cork um, with an embroidery machine and so just for anybody out there who might be embroiderers here are a couple quick tips for you for um, embroidering um, again use this sharp needle um, slow down your speed. You don't want it to go too fast, but don't go, don't go like super, super slow because then it kind of starts to catch because the cork closes around the needle a little bit. So kind of find a, a moderately slow speed for your embroidery. Definitely do not hoop uh, cork. Float it in the hoop with a temporary spray adhesive or a sticky stabilizer. Because, uh, yeah, the hoop burn on that, I can't even begin to imagine. Um, and don't pick a really dense design because, you know, the more holes, the more likely it is to perforate. So pick a lighter stitching mm-hmm. design, um, something pretty that will show off the cork underneath it, and uh, you can have a lovely embroidery on cork. Mm-hmm. And I just found the DIY, and there's a free, it's a free download on Bertasaldol. Um, birdestyle.com too it's called a cork cord cover so it keeps your headphones from detangling inside your purse and it's a cork DIY okay I definitely need to make one of those yeah (laughs) so I'll definitely link that in the show notes I just I knew it it's like when you 
you just can't stop thinking about something. I'm like, I know it's mm. on here somewhere. So I'm glad I just found that. So I'm glad you did. Too. I would remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So from cork to da 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 spandex. <laughs> very different. Fabric. Very, very different. <laughs> so we often associate spandex with 80s workout wear and tight and bright parties but spandex is actually just the term for the synthetic fiber that is the latex yarn knitted or even woven into other fibers during the fabric manufacturing process so spandex can be incorporated into woven fabrics like i said to make jeans stretchy but it's most commonly associated as the fabric name for swimwear dancewear as well as athletic wear and Actually, the most common fabric composition of spandex is about 80% nylon and only 20% spandex. And that's kind of your typical four-way stretch swimwear fabric. So that's what I find is the good composition for... You know, we call the fabric spandex, but it's really only 20% spandex. I always thought right. that was kind of neat. Yeah. And then a little fact, if you might, you may or may not know, is that lycra is usually interchangeably used with spandex as a as to call the fabric. But lycra is actually a trademark name for spandex. So lycra and spandex are basically the same thing. They're the it's same thing, one's but one's a, a, trade, a okay. trademark name for spandex. Yeah, things I did not know. know. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, I remember. Learned. Yeah, so when you see you know jeans with lycra, it's it's spandex. It's just I think yeah. So just a little. Little fact. So, do you, before I kind of jump into all things spandex, do you guys have any experiences sewing with spandex? I don't think I have any experience sewing with what is. No, that's probably not even true. That's absolutely not true. Okay, so <laughs> sorry. So I don't have a lot of practice sewing with what you were just describing with the eighty uh, percent nylon and the twenty yeah. percent uh, spandex. I definitely have sewn many times with um, knit fabrics that are about ninety five percent cotton and five percent spandex or seven oh, yeah, percent yeah, yeah. Sand- spandex, mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. I do leggings out of that stuff all the time. Just like a jersey type of mm-hmm. like cotton knit. Yeah, yeah super like that, nice. Typical. Yep. But I just mm-hmm. remembered I did sew a pair of leggings for a cosplay the other day that um, were more traditional. Um and I'm I don't I don't think I actually checked the um the fiber content, but I'm pretty sure that they were you it's know, like the your typical spandex. like crate bright colored very stretchy yes. yes yes Spandex they they were great purple yeah. and uh, oh love that yes they were pretty um and it was for i mean that particular experience was basically the same as sewing with the jersey it was right yeah yeah it was very similar so mm-hmm. i just usually sew them like they're knits and everything works out okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> I How think about you, Amanda. My experience, I mean, I've sewn a lot of um, stretch denim jeans, so that right. you know has a, a good amount of spandex in them. I also a couple of years ago did a video um, for Sew News on creating a mermaid tail, like a swimsuit oh, yeah. style oh, mermaid tail. I remember tail. that, and that I'm fairly certain was spandex. It was probably a blend, but it was purple and mm-hmm. sparkly. Um, and I had also sewn. Um, my daughter a costume out of some kind of like mermaid spandex but it was just a self-drafted thing nothing Mm -hmm. um nothing super complicated so minimal minimal experience i'm not sure if that video is still up but if it is it will definitely be linked in the show notes yes i think it's still up somewhere 
we'll, we'll find it. it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll swim and fi- find it in the in the sea of videos. Exactly. Wah <laughs> <laughs> oh, wah. I'm not sure if that's okay. a sewing pun, but I'm gonna count it I as know, one. I know, I know. I was <laughs> you get a good pun. Anyway. You get bonus points either way. Yeah. I get bonus points, guys. Okay. So I just want to talk about some pattern considerations. And again, I'm when I say spandex, I'm not just talking about like a jersey knit, like in a t-shirt. I'm talking about if you're making like a bodysuit. Right, right. Like the a athletic. sports bra, like the athletic um, swear. Suit, the yeah. thing that you really need to consider is called negative ease. So this is this means that the pattern actually needs to be smaller than your body measurements. So for a swimsuit, let's say using a 20% spandex fabric, you usually want to do about a 10% pattern reduction. And sometimes on like swimwear patterns or athletic wear patterns that are supposed to be, that are just drafted and you just pick a size. Sometimes because the fabric stretch can depend and um, I use like a stretch gauge for that, that you can find the amount of stretch in your fabric. Instead of just finding my size, I just do my body measurement calculation and calculate nine, um, sorry, I take away 10% of my measurement, so I only implicate 90% of my measurement on the pattern. So let's say, so my waist is 28 inches, then I times that by 0.9, and so my garment uh, around my waist needs to be 25.2 inches. So I find that that's a good way to do it, and then you just kind of measure out. I divide it by four and then implement that on each quarter of the pattern. So sometimes I find that that's a little bit easier. Interesting. So you would do that, you would do that if you were working on a pattern that was not drafted as tight as you would like it to fit? Yeah, or to just double check the size. Like let's say if it's like a really tight like athletic tank like a yoga tank or something I would just do that calculation to make sure that it's and it's then you'd compare enough. it to the sizes and use that I would to figure to the out size, or I would just I would just do that for my bust weights hip and just create a completely new side seam size line as well I'd measure out from bust waist hip and then connect them with a curve and this and is because nobody wants a big a baggy bathing suit yes a baggy bathing suit or even when you're doing like a two-piece too like it really stays in and holds you in. Mm-hmm. It's, like spandex should really be holding you in, especially for leggings too. When I've tried to make a pair of leggings that were not smaller than my body, when I would even go for a walk, they'd be sliding down, be hiking up my legs. You know, it's very uncomfortable. So you want to make sure that they're like that that percent smaller than your body. So that's kind of just the main fitting issue that I I do in that calculation. And I can put that calculation up in the show notes. Oh, yes, please do. That that will be very useful, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so some sewing considerations. Obviously, you just can't stitch it together. Like, I remember when I first, I was in high school, like just beginning sewing, and I thought I could make myself a pair of bike shorts for dance class. And I was very new to sewing. I don't like, I just would go into something new with no research and so I just got purple lycra made bike shorts and just I don't know I sewed it together with a straight needle and regular you know thread and no special stitch and I put them on and I did a little little dance squat and pop all the goes the same (laughs) (laughs) yeah so definitely serger or on your regular sewing machine ballpoint stretch needle stretch stitch or zigzag stitch Mm -hmm. Or, um, which is a fabulous new product. They actually were a sponsor for a knit 
maxi dress sew along that I did is uh, Coats Elo Flex Thread, which is total game changer. It's the thread is actually elastic, so you can just sew knits and even so I have tried it on spandex before I have um, done a bathing suit with Eloflex threaded it is quite strong it's you can actually pull the thread and it stretches so you just do a regular straight stitch just do a regular straight stitch and then it just pulls oh that's really neat and it stretches it's actually the coolest thing but sometimes for extra stability I still do a a zigzag stitch with the stretch Mm -hmm. thread um, just for extra like on side seams and stuff but if it's internal seems like if I'm doing gathering or you know some panel seams I'll just do a straight stitch but yeah so that's a great neat yeah I remember seeing you work with that thread and I'm sitting there like I wonder where I can get a hold of some of this because I need to try it out yeah it is so great it's yeah it's Probably yeah. It was yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll link to it. Um, but it's great. And then the other thing is, while you're actually sewing it, not it's tempting to like stretch the span because it is so stretchy mm-hmm. as you're sewing it, and just making sure that one layer isn't stretching more than the other, and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. But now, does yeah, a walking foot help with yeah. that too? I find that just a lighter pressure. Um, pressure on the foot helps okay you know when you um because if it's too tight it'll lighten it up a little bit yeah if it's too if it's the the machine's pushing too hard down on the fibers it'll really kind of lengthen it out and make it all like ripply but i find if i just lightened up the pressure that really helps um ease it along as well and honestly just practice if with that fabric just doing little test seams and stuff like that really helps but yeah but I think definitely if you have a serger that's totally the best way right. to to sew with spandex 100 percent yeah okay I have a question mm-hmm. um yeah. is spandex at pretty much the same thing as swimsuit material yes it, totally okay yeah. I just wanted to make sure because I feel like that's just I don't know. There's different blends, and so sometimes you don't know if it will work for a swimsuit. But so, yeah. do you want to use like 100% spandex, or is there a blend percentage? Well, that that's you should... the well, that's the thing. Is spandex is often only just a... titled the fabric, right. but spandex is literally a piece of um, latex thread mm. that's woven into other. So you can't if you had 100% spandex, it would be a. Le- big piece of rubber yeah. basically yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah so usually like 10 to 20 percent spandex in a blend either with polyester or nylon is kind of the usual for swimwear um for swimwear and you, yes. you kind of want to look um, for maybe a little bit of a thicker weave for swimwear right or am i, I crazy not, it depends yeah i mean there's definitely different weights to um the spandex but generally sometimes i i just find if it's a lighter um color you might need a lining mm-hmm. right or something like right, that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but definitely do like a stretch test if you're not lining it especially with the leggings i just like if you can see like the light through it mm-hmm. yeah there's nothing worse than yeah you know a bathing suit you can't wear in leggings public. <laughs> yes exactly or even like leggings yeah you, know, you do a little squat and it's becomes totally see-through and now you can sometimes see other people in those if it, if it's like a cheap yeah. fabric too cheap I always leggings. find because spandex is kind of expensive it can get upwards of I don't know like 30 or so 
a yard even for mm-hmm. for good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm so excited to go to New York for my honeymoon. We already booked it, but the best spandex you can buy. They have stores just called Spandex House and it just so fun. Awesome. Wow. I'm so excited. Exciting. And I have some videos on finishing spandex that um, I can link to as well. There's lots of things that you can do by using strips of spandex as elastic and you just stretch the strip as you surge it and then I wrap it around or and use a twin needle and you get really professional looking edges as well. Yeah, Yeah, definitely link to those. We'd like to see them. Yeah, yeah, but... Anyways, I probably could have like a whole episode on that. <laughs> I'll just keep quiet now. Okay. All right, you guys, I have a confession. It's something that you already know about me that linen is my favorite kind of fabric to <laughs> sew with, especially for garments. Yes, we do know that. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's kind of lovely. There's not a whole lot that's super tricky about sewing it. So I picked a a different fabric today to talk about just because I think it's something that a lot of people want to sew with this time of year. um, And it can be a little intimidating. And so that fabric is double gauze, which I I love double gauze. love this stuff. Um, So today I'm going to share a few tips, um, some of which I gathered from the June, July 2017 issue of Sew News, and also just kind of um, some tips through my personal experience. Um, But double gauze, one of the reasons that I love it is also kind of one of the reasons that I think it's intimidating to people um, is because it is textured and that can be... um, that can be a little bit tricky when it comes time to cut and to sew it. But um, uh, it's essentially um, two layers of thin gauze that are either fused together or stitched together. So you you treat them as one. Um, and there's a, there's a big range, I think, of quality of double gauze out there. I've ordered double gauze online that came that was perfectly flat and see-through and I've also ordered um, double gauze online and gotten stuff that is a little bit thicker um, and has that nice crickly texture that I love so much so I think um, just know like maybe it's something you want to consider ordering swatches of before Mm -hmm. you commit to yardage Um, you can also look at the weight and kind of get um, an idea of what you're going to be working with. I think really you run into kind of the sheerness issue when you're when you look at lighter um, double gauze when you're looking at lighter colors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I you know I love me some black double gauze, but um, <laughs> so I think it's just the kind of thing that you really you want to either um, buy in store or get a swatch of online before you f- fully commit to yardage. Wait, I have a question really quick. Yeah. The stuff that you got that was. Um, flat and see-through mm-hmm. did you wash it I didn't even go that far because it was it was see-through okay yeah I was just wondering if it crinkled up in the wash it, but. it might it might um yeah I didn't even get that far with it um because I what I was using it for it wouldn't have worked very well fair yeah um <laughs> so I think some tips for when you are picking out patterns for double gauze is that you really want to stay away from things that are super fitted and super detailed because that kind of like velvet, like that detail is going to get lost in the texture of the fabric itself. And also if you um, make anything that's too fitted anywhere, there's stress on the seams with double gauze. It's going to 
kind of pull apart and it's going yeah. to create holes um, along that seam Because gauze is Cause just ha- not the most stable fabric. It's not the it most stable. It has such an open weave Which to is it, yeah. why you love it, but it definitely oh, yeah, no, totally. makes um, for some extra considerations. So um, the other thing that I've run into with um, using double gauze is I think when you're looking at patterns, um, you want to stick with patterns that use facings instead of um, binding on the neck hole and the armholes because I've I've tried to do binding with double gauze and it's really pretty tricky just because the fabric has a tendency to shred anytime you're sewing really close to the edge. So, Uh you know, I think if you've got a favorite pattern you want to use with double gauze, it's a good idea to take a step and just do a really quick um, draft of facing for the neckline Uh or for the armhole. And I think that's it's just a easier, um, longer lasting finish when you're talking about double gauze. So um, a couple of cutting tips, which is Honestly, where I think I have the most trouble with double gauze um, because it has a tendency to shift and kind of morph um, because of its crinkliness. But Mm -hmm. basically, um, you don't want to iron it super flat before you cut it because it it almost functions like a knit Mm -hmm. fabric because it it kind of contracts um, once it gets crinkly again. And then you're going to end up, if you've ironed it flat, you cut it, you sew it, and then it contracts. It it could be too small for you. um, And it it could, you know, be tight in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Um, So you definitely want to avoid that. Um, I pretty much use a rotary cutter for everything these days, but it's definitely (laughs) a good fit for double gauze just keeping it nice and flat while you cut it. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. and I mean, I've definitely, I've cut pattern pieces from double gauze, held them up, and they are completely wonky, and you just, you don't know how that's happened, but you you kind of have to go with it. You know, you kind of have to let go of your perfectionism a little bit when you work with double mm-hmm. gauze, because that's mm-hmm. just the nature of the beast. Um and then also, it does have a tendency to stretch, um, like in armholes um, and neck linings, and it can stretch out and doesn't necessarily contract. So, um, before you put any stress on those areas, I think it's a good idea to consider interfacing um, and also using a lot of um, stay stitching, just as close to that edge right. as you can get um, to kind of reinforce it. Um, Because it it can get a little bit tricky. Um, A couple of other quick tips. um, Kind of like with the gauze, you want to use a longer stitch length. Otherwise, you can get some puckering with double gauze. You want to use a lot of pins. Very different from cork Mm -hmm. there. Um, But it is shifty. It just has a tendency to move. And you can, um, when you've got your two layers together, um, the more pins, the better, just to kind of keep everything aligned. Right, especially because the the crinkles can kind of stretch out as exactly. you're sewing if you're mm-hmm. not careful. Exactly. It's, double gauze can be kind of a moving target when you're sewing <laughs> it. Um, but you, you kind of have to let go. And I think that's kind of a good lesson um, for for sewists um, who tend towards perfection. Um if you'll definitely want to do some seam finishing on double gauze because it's just it's kind of built to fray. Um, so <laughs> you you can do I think it's a good candidate for French seams um, for serged edges. Um, any any kind of special uh, whatever your favorite finish is, you're definitely going to want to get that raw edge under control. 
Um, it's also a really good candidate for top stitching. Um, again, just to kind of reinforce the seams and give um, give those streams more structure and more support so they don't, um, you know, get too stressed and then start to pull into the fabric at all. So um, so those are my quick tips. Have And I should have started with this. Have you guys sewn with double gauze? You know, I'm not sure I've ever sewn with double gauze. Yeah. I've definitely sewn with regular gauze. And actually, the dress I'm wearing right now is a really heavyweight gauze, but I was just fingering it while you were talking, and I don't think it's two layers. I think it's just a single, single surprisingly heavyweight layer of gauze. So um, I don't think I've ever done that double gauze, but I think sewing with regular gauze is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um if it's just a single layer, and I know I've always done French seams for sure. Yeah. Um, always a good time to press, practice your French seams when you're sewing on gauze. Um, but I think a lot of these are great tips for the next time I need to sew some gauze for yeah. sure. Yeah. What about you, Meg? I've actually sewn a lot with double gauze. I was just looking through my Berta Styles um, online studio, and I have six projects posted nice. using go- double gauze. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really like double gauze I have this um kind of beach kimono that I made from like ivory double gauze with like a trim that I I wear all the time um to the beach and I love it because it's nice and cool and breathable which I love about it and yeah but it's just it's totally little shifty when you cut it and then sometimes you cut and you're like are these I know these seams the same length how did you get like two inches longer I know that (laughs) has that happens to me every time I cut double gauze but I yeah. love it too. I mean, I think I'm, you know, I like, I mostly use like solid color double gauze, but yeah. you know, when it has that texture, it's like that. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. It has, it's got dimension and depth that I love. Uh-huh. But yeah. In the summertime, there's kind of mm-hmm. nothing better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially you can get, I've used a lot of printed, and I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast too, Shannon Fabrics yep. has metallic um, kind of foil double gauze and I, I have many projects made from those and yeah I have a couple pair of pajama pants that I don't even I don't even have posted but I've made them from double gauze and yeah I love it yeah there's really kind of nothing better for loungewear than yeah. double gauze yeah that sounds super comfy yeah I'm jealous yeah mm-hmm. all right thanks guys I, I hope that those were some helpful tips and if um if you guys think of any more, and anybody listening at home, if you have any tips for double gauze, share away. We want to hear them. Yes, mm-hmm. please. All right, and now it's time for our Sojo segment, where we talk about what's giving us inform- uh, inspiration today. I tried to say information. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so what's inspiring y'all? Amanda? Um, I'm on a dress kick. And I'm kind of loving it. I just, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've got this little self-drafted dress that I just keep making. I've been making, um, I just finished one Wixton shift, which is a new pattern um, out of the kind of Wixton design house. And I love it. And I think I'm going to make another. But there's definitely a theme. There are pockets involved. They are mm, kind pockets. of big, flowy fabrics that don't really touch you anywhere and that's that's my summer uniform, and I'm kind of loving it. Sounds awesome, and look very cute mm-hmm. on you too. Thanks. I love that orange one for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, how about you, Meg? What's giving you your sojo? That just reminded me when you said pockets. My um, soon-to-be sister-in-law. We because I was at dinner um, over Father's Day with Julian's side of the family, and she we were just talking about sewing and stuff. And she says, for my birthday or 
like the holidays one year can your gift just be to just put pockets in all of my dresses and I was like oh that's such a good that idea is a great she's idea. like I would love nothing more I was like I would love nothing more than to you know because you know how much that can help you and you know I just thought that was fun because I was talking about making my wedding outfit and how it needs to have pockets and I'm going to make hers too and it's going to have pockets and so maybe my Sojo's pockets this pockets. week I don't know pockets. <laughs> it. no oh but I just had a sewing like sprint la- the end of last week I made I think this is the fourth pair of that Berta style utility pants pattern that oh, I've made I made so it cute. in this like pukey like orange no not orangey it's like a yellow I think I sent you a picture Amanda you did. I was like I'm slowly turning into Amanda's like mix but I made like really <laughs> lime green like off um made some off the shoulder summery tops to go with it too so but I did make my wedding sewing schedule which I said I would make last last week so my next task is to print and um tile all the patterns that's due in a couple days nice <laughs> right. i love that you have a schedule that, that i think that's yeah. such a good stressed <laughs> it's such a good plan yeah yeah, yeah see I'll, I'll hold it up next to you see i i printed out each look month look at you oh look at that and then I have due dates for everything, and everything should be done in August because I don't want to do any wedding sewing on my outfit in September. No, because so. you've only got a few days no. once you're in September. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I guess I don't really have one. So it's just lots of lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I was having a little trouble thinking about what my uh, sojo was, but then I thought, okay, well, last week I managed to actually cut out my cork and canvas um, abstract tote pattern um, and get a little bit of the sewing done on the basic uh, on the front Um, and it looks really good I did an embroidery design it's like a sort of half mandala it's really pretty Um, and then I went home and I had a moment where I looked at it and I realized that the gusset that I had cut and interfaced is um, just about three inches too short for the pattern, so I'm in the process of coming up with a fix that doesn't involve me having to cut a full new one and go get more foam interfacing. So I think I'm going to put a little uh, extender panel right in the center. Oh yeah, good idea. And uh, uh, yeah. so yeah, once I can get that done, my the thing about bags for me is it takes so long to cut everything. Yes. I mean the sewing itself is fine, but cutting all of those little pieces and getting them all sorted out is what just makes the whole thing like once I do that then I can actually get started but that first step is so tough for me so that is basically done so hopefully I will be moving forward on my tote fairly quickly at this point so that is my nice Oh, and also I would like to bring up from last uh, time that my husband was very, very excited by Julian's idea of the uh, starfish um, onesie. The one that, yes, yeah. he has uh, he ordered one. Uh, no, he wants me to make him one, and I think maybe he wants me to make one for a bunch of his friends too. Um, <laughs> oh. So that's probably not going to happen. Just sorry, Mark. probably all. When I make it, I'll have to do a tutorial then. So you yes, can, definitely, yes. I want to know all about how this happens. Um, or possibly I'll get there first. Who knows? I know. Who knows? Well, I think he wants it soon, so I'll probably have to get cracking on that. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe uh, that's Mark Sojo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark Sojo. Yeah. Uh, and I just wanted to, I, I realized just before we move on to sew and tell, um, we just have Bunny right 
next to me. He wants to say hi. I realize I haven't talked about the bunnies in so many episodes, but they're bonded and totally cute. And I just, Bunny just nudged my foot right now. And he's like, hey, remember me? Are you podcasting? I'm still here. Oh, hi, Bunny. So Bunny and Burry are just, BFFs. I love that. They're they're doing good. They they wanted to update you on how cute they are and everything. Oh, that's so. awesome. And I actually haven't mentioned this, but my cat Patsy is doing really really well. Um, so oh yes, good. yes. I was thinking about Patsy too. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, she's great. doing good. She's gained weight. And All right, good stuff. Oh, that's good. That's good. So now let's jump into our sew and tell segment. So our last episode's question was, what sewing skills do you want to improve? And we got some good responses. One of them on Instagram from So Jojo So, which is a really fun name to say. By I the love way. that. Awesome. She says, I'm not a fan of buttonholes. They always turn out a bit wonky. I hear you. Yeah, I'd like to get better at too. them, so I fear them less. I I, mm-hmm. I read that and I'm like okay well I've got to read that one because that is my exact life so mm-hmm. uh, you and me both friend. <laughs> uh, then we got another comment on Instagram as well from Karina B twenty six and they said I want to master invisible zippers and welt pockets. I'm busy making the trench dress and enjoy the sewing lesson. Thanks. And I thank you for making the trench dress. It's such a cute dress. It is so cute. Such a cute dress. Yeah. Well, we also heard from Little Brick House on Instagram, who says, I'm making my first swimsuit this summer, which is very intimidating. So much elastic. But I made my first jeans earlier this year, and I figure if I can do that, I can definitely tackle a swimsuit. Totally. that's, That's a good fit for me, too. Like, I, swimsuit's been on the list for a really long time, but there is just something kind of intimidating about them. So, um... Little Brick House, wherever you are, we salute you and we hope your swimsuit sewing endeavors are successful. Yeah. <laughs> and before we move on to our next question, I also want to throw out just a little um, call out, shout out to uh, DG Wood Designs, who sent me a very helpful message a couple days ago um, about a site called wonderhowto.com, who apparently has an app to draft a sloper that auto drafts a sloper based off of five measurements. She said I should try it wow. out for my pants sloper problems. I haven't gotten there yet because um, I haven't had time What with all the family in town, but I am heading there very soon, and I want to thank you very much for pointing me to that um, site. I can't wait to check it out. Nice. And so this episode's question is, what's your favorite fabric to sew with? So leave us... Leave us an email or a comment on our Instagram, and we would love to know what's your fa- what's your favorite fabric. Yeah, for sure. All right. We also wanted to just throw out one quick reminder before we sign off. Um, we would absolutely love it, love it, love it if you would leave us oh, a yeah. review. Um, Mm -hmm. This is something that helps us so much because it helps raise us in the ratings and also gets people to um, find our podcast if they're looking for something sewing. So we would just so deeply appreciate it if you would leave a review for us on whatever platform you listen to us on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we love the feedback. Oh, yes, we really, really do. We love hearing from you Mm -hmm. and hearing, you know, what you are interested in, what's working for you, what's not. So let us know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. Thanks, everybody, yeah, for talking about you. Yeah, my favorite, fa- yeah. your favorite fabrics. I kind of want to sew some spandex and some gauze now. I know. I'm totally uh, inspired. Yeah. I love it when we inspire each other. I know. We do. <laughs> All right. 
Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much. Happy stitching. For links to everything we talked about in this episode, go to our show notes page at sodaily.com slash sewandtell. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at sewandtellpodcast at fwmedia.com or visit us on Instagram at sewandtellpod. Answer the sewandtell question, tell us your sojo, or just leave us some feedback. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. And please leave us a review, ideally a good one, because that helps listeners like you find our podcast. And tell your sewing friends about us, too. Thanks for listening, and happy stitching. Sew and Tell is a production of F&W Media Studios. It is produced by Meg Healy, Amanda Carestio, and me, Kate Zeinart. Our consulting producer is Ron Doyle, and our executive producer is Jared Mayer. <laughs>